Welcome to a brand new episode of Scripts on Scripture. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Pastor Julie Mullins. Um. She is a pastor, speaker, and a fellow podcaster. <laughs> so your 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 podcast, So Good Sisterhood, yeah, is exactly that. So good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was thinking the other day, and I um, was trying to count the years because I realized we met over a decade ago. Wow. I Has know. it been that long? Hope well, for freedom. All, can I just say thank you for having oh, yeah. me on the podcast? I'm so excited <laughs> to be here, and I love your passion for the word, and you have been just such a dear part of the journey you know, that, that I've been on as a woman in leadership. Now I know for 10 years, I can't believe it. <laughs> And so, and I, I think part of it started because um, you'd be walking down the hallway at church and people would say, hey, Julie. Oh, right. <laughs> I think that's going to land in the comment section, the, the lookalike. I yeah. get that. Um, and not as often, I was telling you this, this a, a moment ago, but not as often since I grew my hair out. But when I had short hair, for some reason, everybody thought I was you. Isn't that, yes. And, <laughs> and, and also, I was like so honored. But I, and then a couple people asked me if you were my daughter. And then I was like, oh, I love that because. I've literally been told I look like you more often than I've been told I look like my own sister. I can believe that. I would say <laughs> the same here. So, yes. So that's awesome. But it's been it's been a fun journey, it and we've has. been able. I've just watched you just step into your calling and really step into your love for the word and taking it to another level. And watching you has just been so beautiful. So well, you I were love a big you part of that. I, I'll never forget the conversation we had about um, you receiving the title of pastor. And that meant so much to me. That really impacted me because um, you stepping into that calling and taking ownership of that, uh, it, it, it really caused me mm. to, to reflect and to think back. And, and God had been putting the, the book that I wrote on my heart, but taking ownership of the word that he gives you mm-hmm. is it's a whole different level. Yeah. And, and in some ways it's a little scary. In some ways it's a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. But to watch you step out in faith and watch you so gracefully navigate that. I, I was, it made me think, okay, this is, you, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Like this is possible. God's got a calling on your life. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> I always call, you know, just my journey as a woman in leadership, my AA journey, meaning um, <laughs> awkward to amazing. Not that I was awkward and then I became amazing, but that I would press into some awkward situations, right? You have so to. that those coming behind us could, yeah. you know, have an amazing journey for themselves. And um, yeah. But it has been an amazing journey. And I always say, you know, even just taking the title, I was never actually comfortable with with taking on the title pastor but we always say things you know around the church we say you know how do you become a pastor when you start pastoring well we had a lot of women just stepping in and leading and pastoring people yeah and um most of my ministry journey has been without any title whatsoever. Yep. And it's the title and even just the theology behind yeah. it, which we know there's, you know, amazing people that fall on both sides right. of this, you know, of, right. of this conversation. Um, and for me, this is really all about stepping into yeah. a calling so that others behind us can step into theirs. And I always say that, you know, even just as I wrestled the theology to the ground, that yeah. that knowing that where I stand on this is not about, um, it's not about combat. 
Yes. It's not something I fight for, yes. but it's about confidence, right? Yes. And so it's about having the confidence to go, yes, this is what we were called to. Yes, we've wrestled the scriptures mm-hmm. to the ground, um, but it's never about arguing. And I always say yeah. this, you know, when, when I'm in other arenas yeah. that, um, where maybe the, the title pastor isn't given to women, I'm yeah. just... I'm always just Julie, but right. you know, but I always, you know, that in my, my role in yeah. that conversation yeah. is more around, you know, it, it's more around, Hey, I want to be a uniter in the Absolutely. body of Christ. And Absolutely. so it's not a title that we have to fight for or, but it is, it, it has been, um, a beautiful assignment that I've been able to step into yeah. and allow, you know, open the door for other girls to step in behind me. Absolutely. And, and I think that, um, that your heart in, pressing into what God has called you just shows your relationship with him mm. and that at the end of the day being the most important mm, absolutely just just that we would lean in and that we would grow and 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 our understanding of what he's put us on earth to do yes absolutely I am really excited about the topic we have Ooh. for today yeah. talking about does God change his mind <laughs> I was when I was thinking over this this subject and kind of pondering it, I was thinking about like why why is it that I find these conversations weigh so heavy on my heart? Why is why is it important? Because at the end of the day, you know, you talked about the theologies and wrestling with the theologies and the um, the questions, big questions like this, uh, they they can be hard to articulate, mm-hmm. and it can be the kind of thing where you never fully answer it. So then why have the conversation? Right. And I was thinking about this and you were an athlete, right? What all did you play? Basketball, volleyball, softball. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Softball was the worst thing that I was, ever tried. Was not my best. Did yes. I tell you? Did no. I, oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I was an athlete. I really was. And I loved basketball. Um, and my dad was a great baseball player. My, my mother was an awesome softball player. My older sister was great. So I was like, it's in my blood. Like, of yeah, course I'm going to be great at this. <laughs> I'll never forget the day that changed uh, softball for me. I went out, I was in right field, went to retrieve a grounder, and managed to, in the process, trip over my own glove. Mm. You can imagine yeah. face planting yes. in right field. In right field, yes. <laughs> and all eyes are on you because, so you bad. know, yes. Because you didn't you even the get the ball. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> After that, I, I cheered them on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I stuck to basketball. So right. anyways, okay. <laughs> so that was a whole side Stay tangent. in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yep. Stay in your lane. <laughs> really, really good advice. So with basketball, um, my my dad was by far my best coach. Mm-hmm. And we would we would run drills, train with weights. We'd do all all the typical athletic, you know, training involved. But then there would be days where he'd go, Heather, let's go shoot some hoops. And we'd go out to play horse or pig mm-hmm. and you know, you come up with all the most ridiculous shots. You right. know, you're right. standing backwards with your mm-hmm. opposite hand and, you know, the three points. So you're never going to use it in a game. Right. You're, you're never going to use that in a game. You could ask the same question of why was that important? But I'd walk away from those scrimmages and those games with my dad, having gotten awesome quality time and having reminded myself, man, I love this game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with these questions like this, that, w- that we know at the end yeah. of the day, they're too big for us. Right. But you, you go through the, the mental scrimmage of it, and you walk away having spent more time in God's word mm-hmm. and, and kind of spending time with him right. because right. of it. Right. 
But then you're also, you know, you're also reminded like, this is a pretty awesome book he left us, mm-hmm. you so know? True. So true. <laughs> so true. So a treasure hunt. It's it yes. is a treasure hunt. Every single time you go dig into these questions that may not, you may not get the answer you were looking for, but, but you are going get to get answer. so much more. You're going to get answers. Yeah. You know, you're going to have answers preloaded into your heart <laughs> for problems yes. that you don't even know you're going to have. You don't even know you're going to face. It's amazing. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, how many times you've read, you've read a scripture that you've read a million times and you get something brand new out of so it. So true. The first verse that I ever read that made me question, does God mm-hmm. change his mind? I'll never forget this. It's in Genesis 6, 6. So it's really not far after God's created the world, the very next thing that happens that's recorded to us in Genesis after Adam and Eve leave the garden, you know, they, they have children, and then Cain kills his own brother. There's all this violence and tragedy and horrible things happening, and, um, and the scriptures tell us it grieves God's heart. And in Genesis 6-6, it says that Lord, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. And it says it again down in, se- in verse 7 where it says, For I regret that I have made mm. them. And the first time I read that, I'll never forget it because, I mean, regret implies a kind of changing of your mind. Mm. I want to go into that a little bit more, but there, there are some other stories that, that came to mind as well. Um, and in Genesis 32, there's a really interesting story. So I kind of wanted to read a little bit of this before we get to the, yeah. the main story. In Genesis uh, 32, and it says in verse 24, so Jacob was left all alone. And some, some versions have a man, some versions have a- an angel. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he res- wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? And he replied, Jacob. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. That story, it's, it's kind of like, you don't realize until the end that, oh, this isn't a man. This is not an angel. This is God. Mm -hmm. And, but, but you're kind of also going, they wrestled in Jacob one, like what, what I, he created Jacob, right? literally spoke him into existence and now he can't wrestle him. Like what, what's going on? So stories like that, that you kind of step back and you go, what does it mean? Right. And there mm-hmm. was a, a story that I had not honestly paid much attention right. to until you preached a sermon on it. Well, can I comment on that first? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. No, because this yeah. is so good and yeah. such a great question to ask. And there's so many layers so to many this layers. answer. And I think it's important that we, when we talk about this is that, you know, there's this tension because yeah. we read in scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. Even though God's purposes are unchanging, Mm-hmm. We actually hold this tension that even though his purposes are unchanging, his plan is always unfolding. Yes. And I think that that, it, I think that has yes. helped me to be able to frame this mm, conversation that good. we're getting ready to jump into. Yes. Because his, his purposes are, you know, are right and they are good. He yep. wanted Jacob to have his identity. He wanted, yep. you know, he, he wanted to have a relationship with human beings, but yep. it, because his purposes are unchanging, his plan is always unfolding. Then what God does is he actually puts us in situations where we need we answers, need. which makes us look to his absolutely and look to him. Absolutely. Which actually we become part of his plan, his plan that he had in the first place. So which he wanted us to be, be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, exactly. And I think the example that we're we're going to focus on primarily today, the daughters of Zilofahad. Yeah. Um, I love the story. I think it really, it, there's so many um, ways that this story, I feel like, frames this this conversation mm-hmm. and, and yeah. shows us on a number of levels what what does it mean like to be a part of God's plan yeah. and, and how do we engage that. So can you set the stage for us? Okay, I'm going to set the stage. First of all, if you're out there listening, I just... I want you to do something for me. This is a moment of participation. So if you (laughs) have ever heard of the daughters of Zalofahad, right where you're listening, unless you're driving with both hands, raise your hand. (laughs) Now, I can almost guarantee that if you raised your hand, you were either homeschooled, right? (laughs) Or or you were on the Bible quiz team. Yes. Um, Or maybe you listened to a sisterhood message that I preached a couple of years ago. (laughs) But um, but one of those, right? One of those. So this is kind of an obscure um, story. And I think part of the reason is because it's found in the book of Numbers. Not and numbers is not a book that I go to very often Mm-mm. because I am not a math person, no. right? And um, and so we just <laughs> think this is going to be a really boring book. But actually, in the Hebrew, the book of Numbers um, in in the Hebrew is actually called Bamidbar, Bamidbar, which means in the wilderness. And it actually yeah, is a a chronicle right. of Moses leading the people of Israel through the wilderness after they escaped uh-huh. from Egyptian captivity. And uh-huh. so, so just to set the in stage the for this entire story. Um, this is this happens. What, what, what I'm going to get jump, get ready to jump into in Numbers chapter 26. Mm-hmm. It happens right after Moses has led the um, the people of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. He God defeats the Egyptian army yep. when they pass through the Red Sea, and then you know they go to Mount Sinai. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, and then we w- then they begin what should have been a pretty short journey yep. right, to the Promised yep. Land. because it's not. But Something happens like geographically, it should have been a pretty quick journey. But what happens was, is that Moses sends in 12 spies, right? To go into the, what was going to be the promised land. He sends them in 10 spies, well, sends in 12, two of them come back and like, we've got this Joshua and Caleb, they're going, let's go take the land. But 10 of them come back and they start saying things like, you know, they are big giants and we are like grasshoppers. So they actually start spreading exaggeration, right? Into the camp. Which is usually how negativity, you know, absolutely, and, and how absolutely. God's plan gets thwarted is mm-hmm. when something gets exaggerated, blown out of proportion, and so, so they begin. Mm-hmm. The people of Israel begin being intimidated, mm-hmm. and so God actually honors mm-hmm. their desire not to go into the promised land. Yep. Which, by the way, another podcast for another time. Oh my goodness, God will always honor yes. our decision. Not to follow him. Free will. Free will. Means exactly. You are free to choose. You the are wrong free to thing. choose, and he will honor that. Mm-hmm. But there will be consequences, and so mm-hmm. there, there were some consequences that came with this, right? Yep. Which meant that God decided, hey, I'm going to wait yep. when this generation that decided not yep. to do what I asked them to do, you know, when when they pass on, I'm waiting for a new generation yep. to work with me. If they're not going to work with me, I'm going to wait for this new generation to work with me. And and so this is where. We actually enter into the story in Numbers chapter 26. So it, it's like the, the Moses and the Israelites, they are actually at Moab. The yep. new generation has stepped up, you know, the Joshua generation. The Joshua, Caleb's yep. ready to go, yep. you know, take the land. And they, they're in Moab. They're looking over the Jordan River to the promised land. Yep. And they are in position, right? Yeah. So yeah. ready to take the land. Yeah. So what happens right before they get ready to go in is that um, is that God asks Moses to take a census. a census. And the census is really, really important because he this this whole idea of the census was so that, that he would have a team roster yeah. of Team Israel, right? Yeah. And part of the reason was so they knew how many 
um, how many, how to divide up, you know, the army and what they had to be able to fight for the right. land that was promised them. But if you look at this, you know, these scriptures, if you start in Numbers 26, verse 5, it says, these were the clans descended from the sons of Reuben, the, the mm -hmm. Hanakite clan named after their ancestor, Hanak, the Paluite clan named after their ancestor, Palu, the Hexternite clan, the Termite clan, right? <laughs> you know, all the Ite clans. Yep. Well, it goes on for 56 verses. A long time. A long time. And I admire your pronunciation, by Thank the way. Thank you. That I, was, I, I was not close. easy to I'm get not through. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was actually, you know, somebody might check me on that. But they, they registered the troops and they registered everybody for 56 verses. It goes on and on. on. And I won't on. read it all. You can read it yourself. Um, but what, what happened was in verse 52 is that God, um, that, that they divide the land. God wants them to divide the land according yep. to the names on the list. Yep. So that the land can be apportioned so that the people yes. of God can receive their inheritance. Yes. This is so important. Yes. But if you read all of these verses, every tribe, every clan, mm -hmm. every man was counted. Mm -hmm. Right, because that's how they mm -hmm. did the census. Every every man was counted, mm -hmm. and this was so that they could actually divide up the land. But this just this wasn't just about land; it was about the fulfillment of God's promise yeah. to His people. Absolutely. So you you can imagine they're all like ready yeah. in position, anticipating this new thing that God's going to do. Forty years in the wilderness. So, yeah. But then something happens that this is where the story picks up with the daughters of Salopha had. So they're in in this story. What happens is, is when um, when the land has been attributed in um, in Numbers 27, it says this. It says, but the daughters of Zelophehad, who belonged to the clan of Manasseh, son of Joseph, and their names were, I just think they're worth mentioning, their names were Mala, Noah, Kagva, Milcah, and Terzah. They came forward and stood before Moses and Eleazar the priest, the leaders of the whole assembly, the assembly at the entrance of the tent of meeting and said, now, first of all, just imagine the bravery. Oh like gosh, women, yes. they stood at the entrance of yes. the tent because they weren't even allowed they in the tent, in. right? And so here they yes. are. Like, no one did this. No. But these girls show up, all five of them, and it says this. It says, our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the followers who bonded together against the Lord. He didn't rebel against him. Mm -mm. He just died out in his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from this clan before he had no son? Give us, mm -hmm. whoa, give us the property mm -hmm. among our fa father's relatives. And then, and then it goes on to say, that, so Moses brought their case before the Lord. Before the Lord. And so before I go any further, yeah. I, I don't want to overlook, you know, the obvious injustice. In oh, this, absolutely. Right? That, that yeah. women were excluded. Now this was, so many times we read the word of God yeah. and we think that, you know, that people will read it and think it's that God is misogynistic yes. or that yes. the word of God. And this is not the case no. at all because no. this is such a case of when culture and society got it wrong. Yes. That God yes. got it right. Yes. So I yes. mean, wait till you hear this because this is so important because Culture and society was, you know, they, they did only count men. Absolutely. But this, this is that. But, and we know that Jesus, when he came, he spent so much of his ministry so elevating women. much. And, you know, some of his closest followers. And taught them as a, as a rabbi would a yes. student. And so we know that God honored and valued people Absolutely. equally. But Absolutely. again, this is when his love and grace gets it right, even when culture gets it wrong. See, these girls had a really huge problem, mm -hmm. and, and they knew that they were single women. Yep. They had no right to any inheritance that was written into the law in the entire census, which was 601,750 people, which right? Which is insane. That yes. were counted. Yes. They didn't count. They didn't. They, they, didn't. they didn't count. But, the, but by law, they didn't matter. <laughs> 
and whatever was promised was promised to everybody else, it did not include them. But they didn't want to miss out on this. And exactly. so they came and they said, why should, why, why should our father's name, you yeah. know, and why should he, we not get the portion of land? So what I love about this is that their boldness, because first oh, of all, yeah. what they were saying was, hey, we know yeah. that this does not line up for the the way things the have way been things done are so, yeah. for, the, for the last couple thousand years, <laughs> you know. But and no other society, like the, you, you consider where they were in, in Egypt, in, mm-hmm. in everywhere else. Yep. They would have been getting their cues in terms yep. of structuring their society from every other culture that they would have encountered. Yeah. And, and we know that, yeah. like th- what they're saying, yeah. we know this isn't how it's worked. Mm-hmm. But we also know that over the last 40 years, we've been wandering in the wilderness of a God that Exactly. Took us out of slavery. Yep. And this law doesn't seem to line up yep. with the character of the God that we've come to know exactly. over the last 40 years. Exactly. And they were also saying that, hey, even though we don't even know what the promised land looks like. Oh, yeah. We have never even seen the promised land. Uh-uh. We're going to ask for something that we don't really even know what yep. we're asking for. Yep. And I think this is so such a great lesson for us, oh too, goodness, that, yeah. that they were believing for something that they had never they actually even seen. even seen before. Mm-mm. And so mm-hmm. I love this because then it goes on. So Moses says, hey, okay, so I'll bring this case before yep. God. So it says Moses brought their case before the Lord and said to him, what Zelophehad's and the Lord said to him, this is my favorite part, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. <laughs> you must certainly give them property as an inheritance. Say to the Israelites, mm-hmm. if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. Mm-hmm. This is to have the force of law for the Israelites and the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. And I love this mm-hmm. because God gave them more than what they were even asking for. They yep. were asking for property for themselves. Yep. And God actually made this law. Law. And this has actually served as precedent for centuries <laughs> as for landowner rights in Israel and then even beyond. So even some of our landowner rights, that this is this set precedent. And it actually it gave the inheritance not only to these five girls, but it also secured yep. an inheritance for generations after them. Yep. Like no longer would yep. any daughter any daughter oh, exactly. be deprived of an inheritance. And this is so beautiful because it wasn't just, when they stepped up, it wasn't just for their own good, but exactly. it was also for the good of those that yep. would come after them. There were future generations that were counting on them yeah. to step up. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and when they stepped up, God, God delivered, right? Gave them more than what he asked for. And I, I love this because their, their pain, you know, yeah. their, their yeah. being uncomfortable, their willingness to step up, was part of their purpose, and their actually their pain became somebody else's passport into the yes. promised land. Yes, and so this yes. is so true of us too. So there are a number of translations that when when it talks about them approaching the tent, yeah, it says they drew near. Yeah, and I think about I think about the importance of that. What God's ultimate will involves. Mm-hmm. They drew near. Tradition holds that Moses wrote the Pentateuch, so he wrote the Book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. And he chose to include this. Yeah. Not only was it law, but he includes the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't just, you know, uh, okay, so God said to change this, so we're going to change this. No, he includes the whole story. And that phrase that them drawing near, I had, there was one, one scholar I was reading who was talking about how the previous generation um, had represented fear. Mm. And this generation represented hope. Wow. And mm-hmm. I think, I think about the way that, that looked to Moses, Moses, who walked with God, 
spoke with God face to face. I mean, there are stories in, in, in numbers and in other um, books of the, the old Testament where they, it talks about him coming away from those conversations and he was literally radiant mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's, he's a character like no other that we right, find. Right. Right. So him incorporating this entire story, I feel like is very, very significant. I also look at it and I go, why wasn't this, but why didn't God tell them to do this before? Right. Right. You know, what was the point of having the daughters of Zilophahad? Yeah. And also this is kind of a side tangent. Do you think it would have happened if it had been a single girl? Oh, okay. I, I got to answer. <laughs> I got to go both of those questions here. So, okay. So, first of all, I mean, when you when I wrestled that to the ground too, I'm like, why wouldn't an all-knowing, all-powerful God? Why wouldn't He have just written this yeah. into the law with all just the contingencies told him, hey, in the first place, right? Treat them equal. Treat them equal, right? So, but I just have to. I, I just have to be reminded that. Again, when God was taking the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, he was he wanted them to have he wanted to be more than just a powerful God. Yeah. I mean, the gods of Egypt, that's what they were known for. That's power, what they were known for. right? Absolutely. But he he was teaching them, even the Ten Commandments were all given to teach them how to live as free people. Yeah. And when I when I look at this scripture, I just think, you know, if if everything had been spelled out. Yeah. down to the yeah. minutest detail, mm-hmm. would they have ever asked? Would they have ever sought the Lord in the first place? Yeah. Same thing with us. If everything is all spelled out exactly. for us, what need would we have for a relationship with God? And I think when I, when I think about this, I don't, I don't know all the reasons, but I really do believe that it was, it was so that, that these, these girls, you know, that, that they would not only know that God was powerful enough to lead a nation, yeah. but he was also personal and accessible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he cared oh, yeah. about his daughters, right? Oh, yeah. And so this was, I think, so many times the reason that, you know, that something like this could happen is because I think God was revealing a part of his character so that they would have never known otherwise. Otherwise. And I think this goes with us when we're... Absolutely. Know, when, when we ask for things. Absolutely. Again, Prayer is not a slot machine that we put in the, you know, the question, the request, and we pull the lever and we get an answer. It's yep. a relationship. Yeah. And it's about learning the character of God. Absolutely. And so when we come to God, I, I look, you know, you think, why did they have to even go? Think about it. There were, I'm sure there were other daughters yeah. that didn't have Absolutely. rights to land. So they were the first ones to, to step, step up. step up. But God's purpose was, again, his, his, his purpose was that he wanted to be able to show a Absolutely. part of his character, yeah. but his plan was unfolding and they got to be a part and of they the got plan. To be a part of it. And when, you know, when I, when I think about my own journey, I think, wow, you know, why, why did I have to go through so many years of infertility? Yeah. But if I had never gone through that, I would have no, never known a part of God's character that was, mm, I will be yeah. close to the brokenhearted. Oh yeah. And I don't know if I would have ever known that if I'd never been brokenhearted, yeah. you know, yeah. when I think about, you know, all the breakups in, in high school, you <laughs> know, the, the times when your heart was broken, yeah. whatever I have ever known that he could be the companion that Absolutely. I needed and find my sufficiency and my identity in him. Would I've ever known that part of his character yeah. had I not yeah. gone to him with, you know, yeah. the whys and the hows and, yeah. the, you know, and, and what's next God. And I think this is what prayer yeah. and our conversation with him is all about. So, so I, you know, again, I believe that yeah. 
the reason, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons probably, was because I believe that when, you know, when things aren't spelled out yeah. and completely clear, it causes us you have to, ask. To, to ask. Yeah. And then it stirs God's heart to respond in a way that, that might be different than what we're anticipating. Yeah. Might be more, like yeah. many times it's oh, more I, yeah. than what we're asking for, right? Yeah. And it's not just for us, it's for, it's for future others. generations, right? Absolutely. For others. But I think that's one of the reasons. And you asked, you know, um, do you think it would have happened if they went alone? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. I, but I, I don't know that he wouldn't have done it yeah. if someone had gone alone. But what I do know is that when five girls <laughs> stepped up <laughs> together. And sisters no less. And sisters no less. When they stepped up together, yep. God did move. Yep. So whether or not he would have or not, I do know there is power. Oh, absolutely. When we step up together oh, in absolutely. unity and ask God to do something and ask him to move in a way absolutely. that maybe he could have, you know, that, that he, that, that, mm-hmm. that we would not see him move in any other way. Well, I mean, I'm one of three girls. I'm, uh, you know, I have two sisters and, and there's nobody that can provoke you like a sister, Mm. (laughs) but there's also nobody who gets you quite like your sister. Mm -hmm. And, and when, you know, when your back's against the wall, you call your sister. Yeah. All right. And, and, you know, and you don't have to explain, Mm -hmm. you don't have to really go into a whole lot of detail. And you, you know, we, we watch these, these, these women come to the tent and, and I remember hearing you talk about their names and the significance yeah. of their names yeah. and, and, and how the one was probably chosen because, you know, she, she would have been this, the mm-hmm. spokesperson. Right. Right. And, you know, I think about that and that dynamic with sisters doesn't even have to be explained, mm-hmm. you know, but you can, you can fire each other up mm-hmm. because you know each other, you can provoke each other to action, <laughs> whether good or bad. Right. Right. <laughs> But mm-hmm. you, but that's, that's, I feel like that's a strength mm-hmm. of sisters and, and, and for any men out there listening, if, if you have wives or girlfriends who have sisters, you understand what I'm talking about. Even if you don't have sisters right. yourself, you get mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I mean, anyone I've ever known who has sisters yeah. would, would, would relate. So well, I'll, I'll send you my notes on just their, what their, what each yeah, of their names yeah. means. We'll put those in the show notes. Yeah. But. But it's so true. But I, I think even beyond what their names meant, um, I also think about the the power of sisterhood, whether they're biological yeah. sisters or your yeah or your go to sisters. Absolutely. You know, um, I also think about their response. So they didn't form a committee Mm-mm. and start to rebel Mm-mm. and talk about how unfair this is, and then gather all the other yep. girls that were in the same they situation even, they were in. Yeah. When they bring up their father, they're like, he didn't rebel. Right. So that's not their, that's not the spirit right. that they come to right. this with. So they, they didn't form a committee. Mm-mm. They didn't, you know, cower in a corner Mm-mm. and just go, why us? Right. They, they didn't, um, yep. they, they didn't, they didn't gossip, you know, mm-hmm. about, I cannot believe, you know, Moses cannot be the leader how that everyone said see? that he was, <laughs> you know, and how could they not have seen? So they didn't gossip. They yep. didn't complain. So true. They didn't rally. They didn't get on Instagram Mm-mm. and decide to get everybody to follow them. And cancel Moses. Yeah. Didn't. And, and cancel Moses because, you know, <laughs> because he was he was too patriarchal yeah. you know so <laughs> they didn't do that but i i think this is so important such an important lesson for us i agree because five girls there was a lot of potential for that true right when you true. got five girls going true. we all approach situations very differently <laughs> and so there was a lot of potential for yep. there could have been commiseration mm-hmm. there could have been mm-hmm. hey let's go 
Yeah. Let's get some people behind us and let's take our case together. No, but the five that were in the situation together, they bound together and they handled it. They they brought it to the person that could actually do something about it. Exactly. Instead of talking about it to everybody who couldn't, didn't have the power to do anything about it. Right. Exactly. And so I think this is such a great, you know, a a Mm -hmm. great message for us that it's like, when we come together and we bind together and we go to the one that can actually fix the situation that can actually give us more than we can ask for, then that is where the power starts. And there is something, Mm -hmm. there is something dynamic about when we bind together Mm -hmm. in, um, in, in unity, um, under the name of Jesus and pray for something together. Absolutely. I think that the question, you know, does God change his mind? I think it can make us really uncomfortable at times Mm -hmm. because if the answer is yes, then how do we trust Mm -hmm. his will? Mm -hmm. But if the answer is no, what's the point in praying? Right. You know, and I think that, I think that one thing that the daughters illustrate so well here is that the point of asking the question is drawing near. Yeah. I talked about the story of Jacob earlier and, and him wrestling with, with God. And that, that story, I feel like illustrates prayer. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know, you know, the things that you've been through, the things that I've been through, there have been prayers that are much more a wrestling than, than even just a civil conversation. They're more of a wrestling and, and I've, I've found it to be true that prayer is more about bringing me in alignment with God's will. It's not, you know, it's not a wish list. Right. He's not a genie in a bottle. Right. You, right. you know, you, you are asking, but there's, there's, um, there's a, a component to him being God, him being sovereign. Because those questions of sovereignty, you know, that's a big church word. But it ultimately just means he's, he's got all the power. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, being in relationship with someone who has all the power, we don't experience that in the natural world. Right. So when you're in a relationship with God, sometimes I feel like there is this wrestling almost in the sense, even in the sense of like, but I want it my way, you know, and, and God saying, no, you know, no, even if I have to break your hip or mm-hmm. you know, right. you're going to, mm-hmm. to come into alignment with my will because it's better. I think about you know, the word omniscient. I heard it a lot in church growing up. I didn't really realize what it meant until I got older. And, and that word, you know, being all-knowing, it's, it's a pretty simple definition. But Whoa. ain't nothing simple no, about being all-knowing. Simple's not easy, right? <laughs> no, no. No. And, and, and the, the idea of knowing everything, and God is infinite, mm-hmm. when you put those together, it means... He knows everything that's ever happened and everything that ever will happen. Right. And we have freedom of choice, which means he knows every potential outcome of those choices all at once. And it's an unfathomable amount of, of knowledge and understanding. Like it's, it's impossible for us to wrap our heads around that. But you have then this, this, this concept when you, when you do put those things together that, that God is looking out mm-hmm. for the potential consequence when he's when he's put it on your heart to act a certain way or move a certain direction he's thought through the potential consequences to you and to others if you choose wrong and and so you know 
prayer then becomes so much more, mm-hmm. so much more than I think that mm-hmm. we often relegate it to. Right. You know, right. kind of like a necessary thing when you get into a pinch, you know, right. then you pray. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not even biblical. So, um, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about another thing because there was something you said when you preached on, on the daughters and you were talking about rejection mm. because of how much they would have been faced with right, right. prior to coming right. to the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of rejection, and I, I know that, like, as a writer, rejection kind of right, right. comes with the profession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that you have to learn to deal with and that you have to work through. It, it can really get in your head. Mm-hmm. It can really affect um, the way that you value yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and question your ability, mm-hmm. question the, the calling in your life, question whether, you know, like God sets you up, you know, <laughs> like right. maybe I'm terrible. Right. Maybe nobody wants this, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to, to, um, to, to sell here. It's, it, it can really, um, it can really rattle you that way. And I think that the daughters, um, they certainly would have yeah. known their share of rejection. Yeah, right. So I, I agree. I mean, like rejection, I think that they were kind of, you know, just right off the bat. They yeah. were they were they were thrust into an automatic rejection. Yeah. When everyone else yeah. was receiving their allotted piece of the inheritance. It'd be like not God, being chosen for the team. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and everybody else was getting it, right? And, and everybody else was. Right. And so, you know, I, I think when I think about rejection, um, that it comes from the Latin word thrown back. Yeah. And I think that is exactly what it is. It throws you back. It does. It keeps you back from being able to step yeah. into what the, the calling, the purpose, the Absolutely. future that God has for you, the freedom that he has yeah. for you. Yeah. And, um, and when, I, when I think about rejection, um, you, you mentioned a few ways, you know, whether it's been rejected, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the fourth grade on the, on the playground. Yep. Or rejected by someone that you thought you were going to be with for the rest of your Absolutely. life in a divorce or a, a shattered relationship, mm-hmm. rejected by your own child, yeah. you know, more serious things, even though all of us yeah. have experienced rejection, yeah. none of us were created for it. No. That was not God's intent. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at his word, you are chosen, yep. you are accepted, yep. you are my daughter, you are my heir. You are, you know, all yep. of the, all of the things that, that, that he declares in his word that I have an inheritance for you yeah. and yet rejection will keep us so far back absolutely from, because what it does is rejection begins to make an imprint on our heart right? absolutely, and it becomes the lens by which we, we view relationships with, absolutely. it becomes a lens many times by, by the, the way we, we view God and we begin oh, yeah. to believe yep. lies that that we were never intended to believe, yep. but because of rejection, if we don't wrestle that lie to the ground, exactly. you know, we begin to view God through Absolutely. that lens. Like, you know, you, you may have made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. Exactly. You may have done something wrong, but you are forgiven, right? Yeah. You may have, somebody might have told you that, that you, you know, that, that you don't belong. You belong, you belong. in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so you are, you know, you are his child. So all of those things, I think that when we're rejected, if we don't deal with it, exactly, then it becomes a lens and yeah. our lens becomes skewed. I always, I, I joke about the fact that um, one time I actually switched my contact lenses. Ooh, that's um, I good. had a different <laughs> prescription in one eye than the other one. My, my, my lens was that my, my prescription was that one saw far and one would see okay. near. Okay. And so when I switched them, 
Mm. everything just got so skewed yeah. and I didn't even know it yeah. until I got on the platform to speak because it just happened really quick. <laughs> and I had done it in the car while I was trying to, you know, get someplace really quick <laughs> and everything was just out of focus and blurry. Yep. And that's what rejection does. It, it, does. it, 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 it causes us to view, um, it, it causes us to, for me, it caused me when yeah. I would go into a relationship, I would automatically feel like I was not wanted, yep. which actually you yep. know, informed my how I acted. You Absolutely, know, the words that I said or didn't say. So, it, and those are those are yeah. little things when you walk into social situations. But you know, in big things, it causes oh, it, it can, caused yeah. me, yeah, yeah, it caused me not to not to speak up when I should have. Yep. Right, it caused yep. me to think that I wasn't worth fighting for. And I think for all of us that um, that if we all of us have to wrestle that rejection lie to the ground Absolutely. so that we can see God clearly and see our relationships clearly because we we have we are chosen we are accepted yeah. and we have to replace that lie with the truth absolutely and then that whole idea like the one of the lies you know that the enemy i think uses so often and i know he's used it on me many times mm -hmm. is is just not being enough right mm -hmm. not being enough right and and that you know for me I, you know i experienced quite a bit of bullying in grade mm. school and really started to form my own perception of self around that and the enemy does want to use that right. to hold you back and it and it did hold me back for quite some time and it wasn't until like you said wrestling with that yep. to to come to an understanding that I've bought into this mm -hmm. I've bought into this lie right, right and and that's that's a tough thing to undo there's a lot of damage that um buying into rejection right. can do. And, right. and like you said, it, it filters the way that you enter relationships, which might seem like a small thing, but it's mm -hmm. really not. No, it's a big thing. It's really it not. It impacts every area of our lives. Everything, everything right. that you do mm -hmm. and, and the people that you surround yourself with, mm -hmm. it impacts, impacts, impacts where you go. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there's like a ripple effect. And, and so I think the, the daughters here, they do a phenomenal job of counteracting mm -hmm. that rejection because if you read the story it's really like the the wrestling is initiated by God and I think he knows Jacob well enough because I know there are instances where I've been so stubborn in my own thinking or in the way that I envisioned things going down or the way that I wanted it to work out I've been so stubborn that God has almost initiated the wrestling with me and and forced me to 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 refocus mm -hmm. and ultimately it's it's for our own good mm -hmm. right it's right. not pleasant at the right. time mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of angst you feel yep. but it's but it's necessary because otherwise i mean jacob gets the blessing of being called israel that i mean god doesn't punish him even right. for wrestling you know mm -hmm. he's like you're 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 figuring it out and you're so human in that moment and, and kind of, you know, expressing your humanity through frustration. But God blesses it. Well, I think God would much rather and prefer us yes. to wrestle than to ignore. Yes. And what happens is a lot of times, like, again, the daughters could have ignored, yes. you know, and just sat in a corner and then just we would have never heard of them, you know. Yeah. Um, but even with, um, with, with Jacob, yeah. I mean, it was... He would much prefer us wrestle. And Absolutely. so wrestling with God is completely biblical. <laughs> it is completely okay. Exactly. I've done my fair share of wrestling. But again, I, I look at this. What was God's plan? So what his, was his plan? His, his God's purposes 
never change. They never, They're unchanging. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But his plan is always unfolding. Yep. So what was God's plan? He wanted to bless Jacob. Mm-hmm. He wanted to give him the blessing. Mm-hmm. And but but it was he he invited um, Jacob to a wrestling match to yep. be able to do that. Yep. But he made him aware of what the need was. Absolutely. And so Jacob knew he had to he he felt I have to wrestle this to the ground. I, I until I yep. get your blessing. And so yep. it wasn't that God didn't want to bless him. He wanted to bless him. And so, but yeah. Jacob had to activate his faith in yeah. order to be able to receive yeah. the promise that God had made in the first place. The <laughs> purpose was unchanging, yep. but the plan, it was unfolding. Yeah. And so this is, this is what God invites us into, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, this is so, I mean, there's so many things about, again, him being all knowing and, yeah. And, yeah. and does he change his mind? And, um, I, I probably go back to, what you talked about, omniscience, you know, yeah. and again, this is, so you can, you can study it for years, and I would, I would, you know, encourage do. you to do study yeah. it, but there is the, you know, the omniscience of God is that, that our God, right, our God, his God and only God's <laughs> infinite knowledge of yeah. all things past, present, and future, yes. and what I have found is that the more that I study it, the less I understand it, <laughs> Absolutely. but the more I trust it. Yes. So oh, that's the good. more yes. I study it, the less I understand it, but the more I trust it. Because the more you study yes. the way that God is a good God, his, yes. his omniscience isn't just what he does, it's yes. who he is. Yeah. And we can trust an all-knowing, because there's a lot of other, he's yeah. all-caring, all-loving. He is, he's, he's just, he's all of these things. And so oh, yeah. when you, when you can trust that. And Absolutely. So you can ask those questions, but I think the greater, you know, yeah. the, the greater question is when you're in prayer and you're wrestling, it's, it's not why it's God. How do you want to use this? Exactly. What are you trying to teach me? Exactly. And even if you look at the Lord's prayer, it was just this, when, when um, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. Teach us to pray. Yeah. Was, Our father who's in heaven, hallowed be, be your name. And it was all about praising yeah. God. Yeah. That our prayer isn't just, God, help me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's about he, yeah. inviting him into just the awe of God. Absolutely. And, and really just praising him, not for what he's going to do for us, but for who he really is. Absolutely. And then, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's praying for uh, not just what we want, but right. how you said it earlier, how do we align? How do I align myself to Absolutely. your will? God, make make your will my will. Yes. This is yes. A, this is about yes. us experiencing God. You've got you I'm sure you've done the experiencing God Bible yep. study, yep. you know, <laughs> find where God is working and join him in it. Exactly. It's not asking him to join, you know, well, your that's work. Ultimately, what the Lord's prayer is saying in yes. the Greek, those words are full of action yes, yes. and they're, and they're confident. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a, Oh, maybe I think your will. No, it's, it's calling to action. That's right. Your will. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that's what, what Jesus was telling his disciples, like invite me in mm-hmm. align with me. Right. You know, this, this, uh, you know, concept of God being omniscient. I think it's the same thing that we get into with his holiness. It's incomprehensible to us as flawed human beings. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, the more you study it, the less you might understand it, but the more that you trust it. Right, right. Because you, when you lean in, when you draw near like the daughters did, when you wrestle like mm-hmm. Jacob did, you you get closer and closer to God's character mm-hmm. and God's heart. Mm-hmm. And the closer you are to God's heart, the easier it is to accept things that you don't understand because you know him. I mean, it's 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 like any other deeply personal relationship. When, when you really love someone, even if you don't fully understand why that's important to them, why that interests them, 
you're probably going to jump on board because of how much you love that That's person. Right. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of movies I've watched over the years with my husband that I really could <laughs> care less about. <laughs> and, and, and But, I'll, you know, you, you, you watch them with them because it matters to them. Right. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. to me. That's okay. Right, right. I, I, I know this this man's heart, and that's a silly example, but it's it, no. you know it just it just goes back to to what what ultimately is important. Is it important that I understand every little tiny thing that happens in my life, even the big stuff? Because at the end of the day, I'm one person. Mm-hmm. The only way to have eternal significance outside of this life is to connect to his ultimate plan. Mm-hmm. It's the I only love way. That. It's the only way. That's right. I, I I mean, and aren't you just like, when you look back at some of the prayers that you prayed when <laughs> oh, you were seven, aren't you, you glad that, no. aren't you glad that he said no? <laughs> yes. I mean, in the moment. And so it's the long game, you oh, know, absolutely. this is the long game. And when I say long, this was really long because <laughs> we're like talking eternity long. Exactly. And so there are going to be some things that we are not going to exactly. understand this side of heaven, mm-hmm. right? There are probably other prayers that the daughters of Zalofa had prayed oh, uh, yeah. that are not recorded no. in this, you know, in the Holy Writ, right? So this is, you know, this this is the long game with yeah, God. And absolutely. He, even on this earth, I, I would hope that all of us could look back and yeah. go, oh, Lord, thank you for not answering that. Thank you that I did not thank marry that person. Y- oh, thank yeah, right. Thank you for, you know, keeping me when, you know, yeah. the things that, that I thought were punishment that were actually for my protection. Yes. When you're 16, 17, every, every one of your friends is out on a Friday night <laughs> yeah. in your home with, and you're with your Bible, <laughs> you know, and you're like, why doesn't anybody like me? Again, yeah. you're thinking it's rejection, but it's actually God's yeah. protection yeah. over your life. Absolutely. And then that, that breakup that you, you know, you didn't you see You thought coming. was the end. It was, you thought was the end. <laughs> but it, it was truly God's protection. Absolutely. And what he taught you, he, he cares so much more about our character than our comfort, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And he wants, he's not going to bypass you know, situations, but I, I just think this is so like yeah. important to know that this is a, a long game and absolutely. eternity is a long game. And the truth is we're not always going to get the answers that we want yeah. and we're not always going to understand this side of heaven. Exactly. God answers every prayer. Where does faith come in? Oh, what? Yes. Why? Why would? Yes. Why would? It, why would the Bible say we need faith yes. if we're going to get everything we want? Exactly. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't need we faith for that. We would need it. If that's, you know, so, um, yeah. Well, and 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 this the supernatural, the spiritual side of of things. When we pray, we are interceding. Mm-hmm. You know, we are entering into a very supernatural right. side of our existence, and I think that's something to take into consideration when we pray. There are other people involved, other choices. I think about when, um, when we adopted our youngest mm-hmm. and, um, and there was, the, the system had really dropped the ball. Um, the, they didn't, the investigator that had been called on to, to visit her in the hospital, she was born very premature, had a number of things. She spent six weeks in the NICU and the investigator that had gone out to check on her didn't think she was going to make it. Mm. And so they didn't do the rest of the, the, you know, searching for next to kin, any of that. And so when she was discharged, they had nowhere for her to go. And, um, and contacted us very last minute. We had 10 days before they were going to declare her a, a ward of the state, which isn't even a placement hearing. That's a formality that should have been taken care of um, before. And so there were all these things that typically would take months, about three months, that needed to happen in 10 days. And for a system that is 
really, really broken. Now, I've dealt with some great caseworkers, but for the most part, they will tell you the system is very broken. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so there were so many things that had to happen. It looked utterly impossible. But at six weeks old, babies are recognizing voices and faces. And she'd spent six weeks with no one to hold her, no one to talk to her, wow. no one wow. to, to, to say her name. And, and I have all the mad respect for the doctors and nurses who cared for her and, and who nursed her um, through all of that. But, um, but at the same time, there's a significant amount of developmental trauma that, right. that will happen if she, you know, if she isn't placed right. in a long-term placement. And so I got the caseworker on the phone and I was saying, you know, all of this to her, you know, this is just so important. What do we do? And, um, and I said, if uh, she said, it's going to take three months. And I said, that's not an option. I said, that's not an option by then. I mean, you're talking a nine month old baby. I said, there's no way. And I said, there is so much developmental trauma that she will experience. And I'll never forget her answer on the phone. She said to me with all the tone in the world, she said, she'll be fine. What? I, <laughs> I had some wow. very unchristian things run yes, through my head. I'm sure. Um, Mama Bear came out mm -hmm. and she don't play nice. Mm -hmm. So um, I got off the phone with her quickly because I was like, I'm about to lose my Christianity with this woman. And because then and I realized there's, she's not going to help. You know, she's, she's, she's tapped out at this point and she had, she never once came to a court hearing, not once. So anyways, I, uh, I got on the phone with everyone that I possibly could. I mean, literally everyone. I was Googling people to contact leaving voicemails everywhere. And I was praying harder than I think I've ever prayed in this, in my entire life. And I, I realized as I was praying that I was interceding on behalf of others to make the right choice. Mm -hmm. That every single person that I was talking to on the phone, I had to pray, God, how do I approach this person? Do I <laughs> kind of bully them or do I plead with them? Do I pour my heart out or do I get forceful? Like what is going to, to um, help them make the right choice? How do I get them to see the importance of this? Because I know what's best for, mm -hmm. for my girl and you do too. And right. I, know what's, I know what needs to happen, but how do I intercede on behalf of all of these people? And so um, it, was, it was nonstop. And, wow. and finally, you know, we're getting so close to the, the, the day that we're supposed to go to court. Um, which w ended up being kind of hilarious because of my own ignorance. But anyways, I got the head of, of DCF that in our area on the phone, and I prayed. Oh, I prayed so hard beforehand. And God was like, you need to pour your heart out. Mm. And I mean, I spilled my guts. I told her what our passion was, that, um, that you know, we had adopted her sister prior to this, and so she needed to be with family and, and all of these things. And I just, I just laid it all out there. S keeping siblings together is so important. And she... I'll never forget her, her response. She said to me, my grandparents fostered, my parents fostered. She goes, my heart is always to keep siblings together. She goes, I'm going to ask you some questions and conduct your interview right now. I'm sending my, um, a, a worker out today who will conduct the official home study. And she was going to expedite all of the paperwork. And then she gave me her personal cell phone number and said, if you have any issues at all, let me know. Well, we get to Miami. And we're waiting there in family court, and I'm telling you, it was it was wow. it was a trip. And I, the only thing I know about court is from Law and Order, so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so when they called her name, I like stood up and raised my hand. I don't know why that was my instinct, but, That's awesome. but, but she kind of looked at me, the judge kind of looked at me funny and, and, um, and asked what, you know, what I needed to, to say. And I told her the whole story and, and all of this. And there was a lawyer sitting there and he's sifting through his papers and the, the caseworker wasn't there and she hadn't sent the paperwork that they had expedited, mm -hmm. um, to, to the system. And so he goes, well, we don't have the paperwork, so we can't do that. And I, so I stand up again. She's like, you don't have to stand up. And I'm like, okay, I'll sit down. But I, I need to tell you, I said, the, the head of, of DCF, she's, um, she gave me her number. I said, if I had any trouble that you can call her. Now, this is not customary. Like, this is not, mm. she did not have to do anything with that. She could have just closed the case right. right there. And she goes, get her on the phone. And so they put on speakerphone, it's dialing this, this lady. She was on vacation. You could hear ocean waves in the background of her answering the phone. And she asks if the lady um, remembered me. And she said, yes, I do. I conducted that home study. I approved it. You know, she just said mm -hmm. everything they needed to hear. And the judge ordered that day. Wow. Within a couple of hours. Wow. We were bringing our baby girl home. And I mean, yeah. it was just like, like the Red Sea. Right, right. Right. It, it really, it mm -hmm. was, it was that kind of an answered prayer. Right. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I love it because again, it goes back to, you know, you stepped up to believe something that actually you had never seen before. No. And so you, you know, again, this was God's, God's plan, right? Mm -hmm. This was his purposes for his, mm -hmm. his purpose for, for your daughter, for you. You stepped up to believe something, even though you'd never seen it before. No, absolutely not. I'd never seen the system work like that. And then went against, <laughs> you know, went, kind of, you know, got some holy courage on you, right? I, his his purpose for her was set, secure. She, you were, she was to be in your home. Yeah. But the plan was unfolding, and to invite us to be to be participants yes. in the plans, yes. and God's plans unfolding, you know, is so beautiful. And I love that when you believe something you hadn't believed that you had never seen before. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. Like maybe you're from a family that, you know, that you've only seen divorce and brokenness. Yeah. You can believe you for can, a healthy mm -hmm. marriage. You can, maybe you you have had an addiction. You're like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know anything different and I don't know if I can believe for anything yeah. different. You can believe you can. for more. You can, be, this you is can. your inheritance. Your inheritance yes. is freedom, right? Yes. You can believe God for things that you've never seen before yes. and yes. you can have faith for it. You can step into it. And I love that. That's such a beautiful example of just, you know, of stepping up and believing for you for something you've never seen before stepping out right and just getting some holy courage on you we need it oh and i'm and i'm telling you the 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 presence we felt that day god's wow. presence mm -hmm. was so real mm -hmm. you know when he when when scripture tells us that he goes before us i mean it it's hard to understand that because he exists outside of time mm -hmm. And, and right. we don't. Right. You know, we have a linear existence. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times, you know, I think about like the Marvel movies depicting the multiverse and all this kind of stuff. And it's like we try to understand what that means. But he'd already been there. Mm -hmm. And you could, t you could tell. I mean, it was just, it was that kind of yeah. an experience. Yeah. And, and it's that drawing wow. near mm -hmm. where it's like I don't understand why she had to be in the NICU in the first place. I don't understand why her story started out there in the right. first place. But God's character revealed itself that day. Beautiful. And I know, I know that, again, Scripture tells us he's working all things for our good. And if we draw near to him the way that the daughters did, 
God's, God's going to bless that. You know, he, and he does. And he says to them, you know, he says to Moses, what they say is right. I mean, how do you think Moses had to feel hearing yeah. those words? They're right. They're right. Yeah. You had this all wrong. Yes. They're right. Yes. And, yeah. and that, you know, I, I, you know, and I look at Moses's leadership, the fact that, that he didn't just tell them, come on guys, like really, you're going to have a relative care for you. There's going to be somebody who's going to take care of you. You right. don't need mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. And no, he says, let me present this to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that example of leadership is another thing Humility. to really take note of. So good. Because there are things that we don't, we don't see. And, and I guarantee, I mean, why would Moses have needed to think of that before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't, right? <laughs> you know, he's a man. Yeah. He had land. Yes. And it, it, there's no like real need mm-hmm. for him to sit down yeah. and ponder that. Yeah. But for these daughters, it was, it, it was, was huge. Everything. It was yeah. everything. Yeah. And sometimes that is so true. You know, what, what is not a big deal to us, the, the humility mm-hmm. of Moses to, yeah. to take someone's request to God, because he didn't have to. He didn't have to. To take someone's request to God. Yeah. And even though it wasn't a request, to take responsibility for a problem that you don't have yeah. is, you know, again, yeah. I think that's another reason. So close to the heart of God. Exactly. That, you know, that he take that that's what he does. That yeah. So yeah. So good. Oh gosh, I feel this like this, so good. this this conversation could like it, it literally. I mean, I didn't even cover all of my notes, but I'm like, yeah, we. <laughs> I know, so we'll have to do part two someday. <laughs> we need part yes, two. so good. Thank you so Thank much you. for being on uh, on so the show. Good. And we didn't tell them. I I do feel a little fancy on oh, camera yeah. because we are. <laughs> but I you look actually, so pretty. I don't usually dress like this. You look so you know. pretty. Thank you so, so much. But, but yeah, I you do have a, a <laughs> bridal shower right after this. So I didn't want people to think I'm like the fancy podcaster. So yeah, but. That's how, awesome. that's how we'll title the fancy you. Podcast yeah. So awesome. um, but where can, where can everyone find you? Okay. Socials. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Julie yep. D. Mullins. Okay. And then on um, the So Good Sisterhood podcast. Would love it's to on, see you there. It's on Spotify. It's Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Apple is wherever you can find a podcast. You're going to find it. And you have it. so many good sermons on oh, yeah. YouTube. Oh, I do. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yes. You do. For the um, Christ Fellowship. Yeah. Christ Fellowship um, homepage. So yeah. I think it's like, I don't know, Christfellowship.church. I think yes. it is. So, yeah, but you can put that in the show notes. I might be wrong, but yeah, yeah so I'll, at the church, I'll make sure to get there's a lot yeah. better, you know, there's a lot of great <laughs> messages there beyond mine for sure. So, yeah, but that'd be great. Great. Well, uh, honestly, again, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And Heather. thank you to everyone for, for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.